I I want to tell you something. I lost my mom and my brother. Welcome to the fourth episode of the Children of Wrath podcast. I am your co-host, Michael, and I am joined by the other co-host, Loris. And today is a very special episode. Um, We will be talking about our little um, initiatives and journeys with writing. We will be talking about how this relates to the Fear of the Walking Dead fandom. And we will be talking about the current project that we've been working on for about nine months now. It's very exciting um mm-hmm. time to be alive because you you know you guys get to be graced by our writing's presence um <laughs> so before we kick off the episode we do need to address one thing at the end of the last episode it ended very abruptly and i just wanted to acknowledge that there was an emergency going on and it had to end so if you guys are wondering if someone died the answer is yes no i'm kidding um <laughs> hopefully things will go a bit smoother this time around um, and so, yeah, this is going to kind of, this structure is going to be a bit more abstract, I think, than the previous structures we've had for episodes, but, uh, we will be talking a bit more passionately, I think. Um, yep. just to get out of the way, we are both very excited for the season seven premiere of Fear the Walking Dead, and we are highly looking forward to creating more content, um, reviewing and giving our thoughts about that. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead pre- uh, premieres, um, October 17th, 98 Central, or, um, if you have AMC Plus, it'll be here on October 10th for you. So that is when you could probably expect more episodes to be coming, but today it's kind of going to be something we will be straying away from on this episode's topic. Um... So yeah, if we kind of both want to get started with a bit of an, um, a little history lesson of, of how we got into writing and Loris, I think it would only be appropriate for you to kind of give your side first because you are the one that's been writing a bit longer, more formally. Would you like to elaborate a bit on that? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so uh, the, the thing, you know, I've always loved writing and creating stories, but I just never did it. Like I never actually sat down in front of my computer to write. I'm not sure why, even though I loved it. But the thing that made me, the thing that like, you know, poked me to start writing was when Madison Clark died on Fear the Walking Dead. Because, <laughs> you know, you know me and everybody, you know, people who have watched the previous episodes know how I feel about Madison's death, Madison and Fear the Walking Dead season four. Uh, so you know why. Uh, but yeah, that's that tempted me to start writing because you know i thought uh if i was the showrunner or if i was a writer on the show what would i what would i have done differently what steps would i have you know taken to make the story better to make the story mm-hmm. make more sense right. so i thought like that so one day i just started writing like uh, as you know the the aftermath of the dam was never explained really on the show after season the season 3 finale so i thought it was a good um piece to dwell into because it was not explained so i started writing in um, september or october of 2018 uh 
And then I, and I, you know, I continued writing chapters two, three, four, and, you know, just kept going on because I just loved it. I loved what I was doing. And then I was sharing it with others. Uh, and I got so much uh, good reviews, so many good reviews. And uh, uh, one of my friends introduced me to the website Wattpad, as you know, and then I uploaded it there. I uh, uploaded all of my chapters there and I got like 9,000 views, which is kind of shocking. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that just, you know, that just gave me more confidence to start writing. Um, to, sorry, to continue writing. Uh, it just gave me, me more will and more love because I, I realized that I was doing something right and I just needed to continue that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, and then after that, I've been... Because uh, as you know, I uh, f- you know I finished uh, uh, um, you know a, dr- a drama program in high school because I went for theater that was my thing, and I wrote uh, many scripts for my drama teacher in my drama class, and I've gotten a lot of thumbs up from my drama teacher. I've gotten advice, I've gotten constructive criticism, I've gotten so much you know, so much uh, good, really good response. And, uh, you know, I have, and thanks to that, um, my writing just continues to improve and improve all the time. So I have, you know, I have a bit of experience now, to be honest, because I've I've written a lot of different things, like, uh, you know, the After the Dumb story, which is post-apocalyptic. I wrote a script uh, where it was set in medieval times. Uh, then also in my free time, I've written another story which is centered around in medieval times, but I didn't finish that story uh, because of uh, I had so much other things to do. So and I, so I've dwelled in different genres, and I've also written comedy for my drama class. So you know I've done a variety of things now, and I hope to continue doing more things, different things, exciting things. And I hope that whatever I do, whatever the genre might be, that I will have the same results and that, you know, people will enjoy what I write. So, yeah, that is my story. But I'm very excited to hear what your journey is, what started you, uh, what made you write or start to write. Yeah, well, I think I have somewhat of a similar um, beginning as you. As a kid, um, I really liked writing. I... I remember in about first and second grade, so around the age of seven or eight, um, I would write so much in my free time that the teacher called my mother to ask her, will you buy more paper for the classroom? Because Michael keeps taking all of our paper and I don't have money to buy more paper. (laughs) And so um, my writing uh, has been a bit more skewed. So... um, as a, you know, as a child, I would write kind of short stories and, and stuff, but mostly kind of within the fandom. I wrote a lot about Star Wars. I, I would write about kind of like that kind of dealio. I grew up with the prequels, so I'm a bit biased saying I like the prequels, which I know that everyone thinks prequels are trash, but um, that's kind of how I started. And then I kind of didn't really get into writing a, a whole lot. About after the age of 12, I kind of stopped. I used to go to these writing camps over the summer I had this drama teacher, so I also have background in drama. I would do Shakespeare plays. I was Romeo and Romeo and Juliet. Um, I was Polonius and Hamlet. Um, so I did have kind of a theater background with this this, this theater director. Um, and she actually run, ran like a writing seminar. And I, I think I went either two or three times, um, like every summer, and kind of strengthened some writing skills um, I thought were really cool. 
Um, and then I kind of stopped writing for a while. Um, I'd say between the ages of 12 and uh, 18 would be kind of when I, I stopped writing. Um, through that time, I kind of developed this, this really strong um, fascination with language. So I, I, I currently attend a private university um, majoring in international studies. And I will hopefully at the end of this quarter in November will be um, officially confirming my minor in uh, Mandarin Chinese. Um, and through the power of language, I have recently been kind of learning that writing is something that is very different across many languages. As you know, Loris, you speak five languages. Um, uh, you, you speak Turkish, Serbian, Albanian, <laughs> Swedish, and English. And I, have, I speak fluently English and French, and I've studied Spanish, German, Russian, and I'm currently studying Mandarin Chinese. Um, and so writing has always been almost like a linguistic exercise for me. Um, but I think it's important to say that th even before college, I did have somewhat of a writing background. Um, I was the editor of my school's, my high school's newspaper for a couple of years. Um, and so I was very political. I still am a very political person, but I was definitely a bit more political um, between the ages of like 15 and 17. And I would write a lot of different um, controversial pieces for my school's newspaper. Um, and I kind of rose up the ranks through that with the teacher and became an editor. So I would mentor about five students um, like a semester and I would edit their work and then we would publish it onto our online newspaper. And that type of writing, I really, I enjoyed it first, but you know, eventually I think I kind of wanted to go into a different genre as you mentioned. So um, I was writing mostly op-eds, which are opinion pieces, feature stories, which were you know pieces on featuring a certain topic or person or interview. Um, and I kind of did pieces revolving around um, current like breaking news as well. Um, jumping into the pandemic is when my, my writing that I still continue now really started. You know, I was, I started my um, Instagram account, Fear Continues Here, in May of 2020. So in the United States, the pandemic began around mid-March. So it was about two months into the pandemic. Um, I have watched Fear since it came out. I was in seventh grade. I was 13 when it came out. I am now 19 and a sophomore in college. <laughs> And um, I really fucked with fear a lot. I watched, I rewatched it during the pandemic and I was kind of displeased at Madison's death. I, you know, I, a lot of people, even on the fans react by Skybound, didn't even believe she's dead. People still don't believe she's dead right now. Um, and I saw an account on Instagram while I was in Mexico last year in February before the pandemic that was doing a rewrite. The account was called like Our Fear Story. And I joined that project um, temporarily um, and then, you know, after experiencing some of the personalities in that um, project, I really decided that the ideas that they were going with, um, like turning John Tory gay for Strand, I just, I, I really didn't want to uh, indulge my time in that. Um, and also taking some of the plot ideas, even from your main fanfic, was something that wasn't appreciated. So I left and mm -hmm. I made my own account and there, I got terrible, terrible backlash when I first made the account. The account was getting reported for the craziest things like the first week I made it because they were upset. Um, but I just kept going. My first Fear of the Walking Dead fanfic I wrote, um, I wrote two seasons of it. The first season had 24 parts. The second season had eight parts. Um, they're all available on fearcontinuesfear.wordpress.com. That's like the archive. And then around November of last year, 2020, I, I, I got kind of sick of that rewrite and I wanted to write something else. So I kind of made a new fanfic around fear. Um, half the chapters covered the time between the dam and the stadium. And then the other half of the chapters covered kind of Madison going through things like the hurricane in season four, um, seeing the CRM in season five. And it, it covered Madison's journey after the stadium. Um, I did 
put a pause on that project in January though to start the project that we are currently working we'll get to later um but yeah I mean that's kind of been my journey um so far and I've really enjoyed it I think one of the main reasons why I've enjoyed writing is because I really enjoy character inter-character relationships and character development and um yeah so I was wondering that's kind of my journey to start things off but I was also wondering maybe it'd be interesting for the fans to know how we met um and kind of like how we got to where we are today because if you guys can't tell there we are not shooting from the same place we <laughs> no. um I'm, I'm in the united states you're in um uh scandinavia um there is an eight hour time difference it's probably what 10 p.m for you and it's like two yes. in the afternoon for me so it is sometimes it's challenging one of us st i've stayed up till 6 a.m before he stayed up till you know the middle of the night just to talk to each other and to collaborate um, would you rather me tell the story of how we met or would you rather tell it? Um, I can begin because it sure. really, if you remember, um, yeah, so when I was writing my After the Dam story, I began to slow down and that kind of scared me because I was getting the, you know, the writer's block and it was the first, it was the first time it was happening to me and I was so scared, <laughs> like, oh no, I'm going to get stuck i'm not gonna move forward at all so what i did was um i wanted someone to ride with me and i remember posting uh <laughs> like an ad or whatever you want to call it on reddit on the field work that subreddit and i remember you you commented that you weren't interested to write with me and then we took it to the to the reddit dms and you gave me your, your instagram information and yeah that's really how we met through that post <laughs> and yeah and since then we've been uh, working together sharing ideas and honestly it's been wonderful it's been awesome because uh, I just wanted to point it out because you know uh, one of the differences that we have even though we write together uh, I think that one of the differences we have is that your writing is a bit different than mine yes and I we've talked about this because you tend to write a lot of like very very you know charismatic writing you know charismatic writing like and what i mean is that you often are very descriptive like you want you like to describe things like you know the nature and the surroundings and the area and how people feel but you also do it in a very symbolic way mm -hmm. and i've told you that I sometimes like to do the like to describe environments and stuff, but I get so annoyed because <laughs> I tend to focus mostly on the narrative, like mm -hmm. the dialogue and uh, the build-ups and the outcomes. Those are the three that I always think about. So, mm -hmm. and, and if you know, my strongest side uh, of writing is the middle where most of Thing, the things happen, you know, when most yes. of development, most of build-ups, everything happens in the middle. Um, so, yeah, our writings are fairly very different in a way. However, we have managed to combine them in a very interesting way because it works really well. Like, uh, if one has to read our story and, deter, you know, they can, they can determine that this is clearly written by, by two different people. You know, oh yeah for sure very distinct but that's what i like because it gives people variety you know your your writing is different mine is different and it gets it gives people a little you know variety and change and that is always welcome you know and i think people like that so yeah 
So it's very interesting that we've made this work, even though we write very differently. I agree. And, you know, I think what really helps is, and we'll explain a bit more of this later, is that we, both of us take on different plots. So I think originally you were had, you had two and I had one. And then more recently, the last month, I've taken up kind of a second plot. And what we do is we kind of write these isolated chapters, but to keep them all connected, we cross characters over as if we're Fear the Walking Dead into each other's chapters. Um, and characters can be amazing. I mean, we, some of the characters are based off of real life people. Some of, the, some of the characters are based off of, I think, sometimes our own inhibitions or, or you know, I think one of the things about writing I like is you can write someone that can relate to you, um, but you can also write who you want to be, you know, and you can write, you can in a way write that. And I think it's a really cool exercise to be able to combine different facets of people. And, you know, at first these characters were blank slates, but now when we talk about them, it's almost like we know them, you know, on a personal Definitely. level. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things. And we you know you mentioned you, one of the, your strongest points in writing is the middle. My strongest point before this project was the beginning, but I've really struggled with endings a lot of the time. But I think this project has really helped me formulate better endings and really has helped me write more. I mean, I counted on the pages I've written so far. It's over 100, which I know you've written literally over like 400. But... <laughs> For me, that's a very big accomplishment achievement. And I'm really proud of myself that I've stuck to it. And mm. I mean, I think something maybe important for people out there that might be even considering writing collaboratively is that there are going to be road bumps. Definitely. Um, and there's going to be times where you don't disagree. I mean, where you, where you disagree. And there's going to be times where it's frustrating. And there's going to be times where you're going to feel like maybe it's not going anywhere. Um, mm. But, you know, I think what I'm really... what, what why I feel so lucky to have you as my partner in this is because you're a very, we, I think both of us are somewhat very open to, ch I, we don't really let it get in the way. I think we're really good at separating work relationship with um, personal relationship, mm, you know, because I, I consider you a very good friend of mine, even though you literally live, you know, in the ice worlds. Um, <laughs> But um, I think that's something also I've never really had necessarily a relationship that is so multifaceted between work and interpersonal interaction. Um, and so writing mm. with someone that you can trust in a way like that, I don't, I don't ever feel, you know, even if I have a really weird idea, <laughs> um, I, I don't, never feel really worried to bring it up with you. I, I think that, um, I don't know, it's a very judgment-free safe zone. Um, Definitely. And I, I'll just say one thing that, yeah. you know, uh, you're right when you say that, you know, we, you know, there have been times where we've disagreed, where we've had kind of intense discussions, but <laughs> that's part of the process, you know, because before you, I had never worked with someone on the same book. So this was a new for me. And I had to like, you know, uh, to learn how it is to let the, you know, let the, let time figure out things. So I, I, I've noticed that a lot of times it is time that, you know, solves everything. You just need time. You need, but also, you know, understanding. It's very important that mm -hmm. we understand each other. Like I've told you, uh, you know, communication is very, very important. And because, uh, you know, me, I've told you before that one of my biggest dreams one day is to write for TV and I know that in modern day TV, usually there are a lot of writers who work together. 
And I've always thought, well, I don't think they always agree with each other. And I'm, and I'm, I think I'm very right. I think I'm right when I say that that not all writers who work together agree in everything. For sure. But they, you know, but they, they, they let their differences, you know, slip away, and they find common, uh, common ground. similarities. Mm. Yes, common ground, and they make it work very well. Um, so I think that uh, because this was new for me, and I'm not sure if you worked with anybody else on writing before me, but either way, uh, I've learned that uh, sometimes disagreeing is fine because, you know, it, just, it is a natural process of everything. You know, you have to disagree sometimes. But then if you disagree, you talk, you know, you, you bring up points why you disagree and why you think this is good or why you think this may be a bit better and then you might find different solutions. And often right. those different solutions are the best solutions. Uh, but like I said, I think time is the most important thing because you need time and you need also communication. Um, I mean, yeah, it's taken nine months to write, what, seven, eight, nine, 18 chapters, I think, right now? Yes. Um, but you know what I think? I, I do think that, because, um, uh, you know, some, I mean, books usually do take a long time to write. Uh, yeah. So it's normal. But I also think that it's better that we're taking our time than rushing it because nobody wants to read a rushed book. No. Uh, I'm not writing because I want it out there as soon as possible. I'm writing because I enjoy it. And sometimes uh, you have to enjoy things step by step. You know, you cannot jump from point A to po point C without skipping B. You know what I mean? You exactly. have to take everything slowly. Everything will... Everything comes comes naturally, you know what I mean. Um, so I do like that we have not rushed anything, and even if it's taken a long time, which books usually take, I mean, uh, I don't know years. Exactly. Like look at George R. R. Martin, who's the 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 writer of the Song of Ice and Fire books, um, the game with the books that the Game of Thrones are based off. Um, he's taken his fourth book to write like literally decades <laughs> and is still not finished with it. I mean, I'm not saying we are going to take decades, obviously not, but you know what I mean? Uh, sometimes, sometimes it takes time and that's fine. Exactly. And, you know, I really hope that um, Andrew Shambliss and Ian Goldberg are listening right now because, you know, we, so we have this, let's shout her out. We had this amazing kind of editor um, reviewer named Shally. Um, yep. And she's, amazing if you're listening right Incredible. now hey girl we love like, you <laughs> she's literally like the nicest person she read like I, I don't even have to like tell her like i'll just google the chapter at like 2 a.m when i finish it and then she'll like read it the next day and then she'll text us in the editor's room and like we'll have a positive little conversation and she it's, it's amazing and 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 yeah. it's just we're forming you know a beautiful community and there is something at the end of this that i do need to um kind of shout out that just kind of remind me of it but what i'm saying is also we are writing a good story and we have arguments. So with Ian and, and Andrew on, on fear, they're writing a pretty shitty story. Think about how many fist fights they get in like a week. Like, you know, they, they with everyone against them as they are right now in the fandom, that has to put more pressure on them and then they have to argue more. I, in my opinion, I think that's probably how it works between them. 
everyone fights, whether you're doing an independent project like we are or whether you're producing something for a large network like AMC, it's natural, it's, it's healthy. It would be unhealthy if we didn't fight. And I mean, that's something, honestly, at the beginning of the project, that was kind of what our first main fight was about, was that I, you know, there was sometimes submission. If one of us didn't like an idea, we would just say, okay, but you know, we, we learned pretty quickly, I think that it's important to say, hold on a minute, you know, let, let's talk for a minute. And that communication, um, is very valuable and it, it doesn't create something necessarily toxic and it doesn't have to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think that writing this has also helped better my communication skills in many ways as well. Um, you know, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it's a very cool process. I've never written with someone like you're my first. Um, and so it's been really interesting writing something collaboratively with someone like this. I've never, especially so long-term, it's weird to think it's been nine months. It's weird to think that in January, it, it'll be a year um, that we yeah. started writing this, this project. Um, True, and we're almost <laughs> finished uh, with the first half of the book, which is very exciting. <laughs> it's but now we're 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 kind of gonna get ready to write a chapter that both of us write parts of, which I'm a little I'm I don't know I'm I'm nervous a bit to see how it turns out, but um, I'm also really excited because we haven't tried that yet. And I think it'll be really cool to see what we can kind of make even more mixed, you know, just not, not just mixing characters and throwing them around each other's plots, but like making a, a solid plot together. Um, I'm really fucking excited. Also the, the, like the, the chapter, like that's like the mid season finale or whatever you would call it yep. is going to be intense. I like, we wrote the synopses for the final eight chapters like a week ago so we kind of had an idea of, of where we could um, or where we should be ending up. And like, holy fuck, you guys, like, we'll talk about the project soon. But like, <laughs> I'm just very excited about this entire thing. I am so excited as well. <laughs> <laughs> I have no words. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, and then another thing I thought to bring up was that around the same time you asked me to start this independent project that straight away from fandom um, I asked you to create this this podcast. So I think it was also interesting that we both have kind of came to each other on multiple mediums, writing and like audio and in production. And I mean, this podcast, we've only had four episodes, but then again, I mean, we're on a hiatus almost because, you know, fear is not recording and shit, but it's been very fun working with you on this project too, because this is so different, this is so much different from writing. This is a conversation. This is a different medium we can reach people by. Um, whether they get a amazing satisfied reaction or whether we post an episode and then like an hour later we get like eight angry dms on instagram um i'm glad that i have someone to go through that with because i think it's it's very i know getting that reaction in general like any reaction i think is the objective of writing or producing something like this is you want people to feel something from it and so i'm really glad that we're able to accomplish that and not just here but in our writing as well you know we have shelly holy shit i did not expect that you know, to end the chapter and, and seeing sometimes what she predicts will happen. And sometimes she's very spot on and it's very scary. It's like, have you been spying on our conversations? <laughs> and then sometimes she's very far from it. And it's just like, oh, I but, didn't think about it like that. You know, and it's just you, so cool to get that perspective. You, you know what I like? I do like, for example, readers like Shelley, uh, it is very clear that they are paying attention to the story. Yes. That is the type of readers that everybody wants. We want you to read every single word and uh michael you know that uh, you know i've told you that i love i love dropping hints and easter eggs mm -hmm. here and there 
that may be vague, but sometimes vague stuff can mean a lot of big things. So we want people to think, to, you know, to try to figure out what this means, what this sentence means, you know, what, and, and, and what does this sentence mean in this context? What could right. it mean? So we, we want people to focus and we want people to think. We want people uh, like Shelley to, if they, if they read a chapter, we want them to talk to us because we want to know what people think. Because then exactly. we know if we're doing a good job or not. You know what I mean? And I mean, building off of kind of, um, oh no, I'm forgetting. Building <laughs> off of, oh no, I totally lost. Oh, come on, we're talking about reading. Oh, I lost it already. <laughs> I had a good point to bring up about that, <laughs> but it's gone. Um, oh, come on, come on. I was thinking, oh, it was a very interesting point, but it's, uh, I'll have to come back to me later. Um, but would you like to kind of talk a bit more now about, we're about 30 minutes in, would you like to talk a bit more about the story, like what it's called and everything? Would you you like to take the lead on that since you're the one that introduced the idea? Yes, so the story is called Armageddon, which um, everybody who's a Christian and even non-Christians, I think, would know that Armageddon is like a, a Christian belief that uh, basically means the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you know the story itself is not Christian, but you know the title uh, just means the end of the world. Uh, so the story takes place in a post-apocalyptic world where uh, a mysterious virus has infected the United States and later the entire world. Um, it's basically an epidemic that grows into a pandemic. And honestly, writing in these times ha- has been very helpful because, you know, of the, <laughs> yes. uh, the weather we're living through right now, it's been very helpful helpful, helpful and inspiring. Um, so we have two main points of view. I mean, we have many points of view because there are many chap- uh, characters uh, with their own storylines. However, there are two protagonists, I would say, the main characters Uh, The one that I started the series with uh, in the first chapter, uh, her name is Alexandria De Rossi. She is a CEO of a bank, um, and she is uh, the daughter of a governor, and she has a very complicated life with her family, and she's, you know, you could tell when you read that she's, uh, in a way, very separated from her family, uh, in the emotional way um, so she's dealing with that and you know then she has a fiance that she's having problems so she's a very she has a tough life in a way even though she's uh, is a very rich person obviously but, so we follow her and then we get to find out about her best friend Jocelyn who is, is her childhood friend and then uh, we start the series with these two girls uh, seeing the world that is changing, uh, the pandemic that is taking over, and then later, uh, then years later, we ha- we get to see how the world has changed. We have these different factions. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the factions is called the Supreme League. They are the unofficial new power uh, that has replaced the old government, the United States state. Um, so they are the biggest group out there, the biggest mm-hmm. faction, and they face a lot of challenges. They have a lot of enemies. Yes. They are in constant battles against other factions. And one of those factions 
Um, it's called the Mutineers. They are a type of a rebel group that is not giving the league any peace. No. Uh, not at all. And then we also have another faction that is kind of in the shadows. But I'm not going to talk about this yet because uh, it's a bit spoilers. But um, as you read, as readers read, they will find out more about this faction. But I can definitely say that for me, this faction has been the most exciting faction to write because, like I said, it lurks in the shadows, it works in the shadows, and uh, you can never know who is with them because they look like normal day people and you don't know who they truly are. So I'm not going to talk too much about them because uh, it's a bit spoilers and they have a big role to play eventually. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Really, so do you have anything to add? Well, yeah, I guess I could talk about my plot line I've been developing. Um, so my main character, and there's two main characters, there's Alexandria De Rossi, and then my main character's name is Sean Keller. And Sean has kind of a similar... Um, relationship familiar relationship except his was far i think a far more a bit more abusive at, at his younger ages sean um really doesn't talk much about his parents but who he really valued before the end of the world was he had a sister her name was margo and margo was very mentally ill although she was older than him she's very fragile um and she she's someone that sean sought to protect when the epidemic started um sean is a character who it kind of reminds me of Travis Manoa um, and Fear the Walking Dead a bit. Um, I kind of wrote him a bit with Travis in mind. Um, but something that I think is interesting about Sean is that he goes through a lot of shit, um, at least so far. He got, he's gone through a lot of shit. Um, he's not someone that is, in regards to any of the factions, a good person. Um, and while Loris has been focusing a lot more on the Supreme League side of things, um, choosing the name, explaining where they are, um, all that. I have actually been given the privilege to develop the counter to that, which, as he mentioned, were the Mutineers. The Mutineers, uh, I found that name, um, kind of just trying to find names for a group, um, are, you know, I study international studies in, in college, and so I really wanted to incorporate some of the stuff I've been learning into the Mutineers. And one of their biggest goals, why they're always at odds with the Supreme League, is because they're looking for um, legitimacy and their um, sovereignty. So they, they want to be like re recognized legitimately. Something important about this book is these factions are always crumbling and building. The Supreme League and the Mutineers are two of the oldest, even though we've only been a couple of years into the end. Um, we have different republics and stuff that'll be kind of mentioned throughout the story that have fallen. Um, and the story kind of takes place in two areas. One area is the Midwest, um, kind of by the Great Lakes, and then the other area is kind of between Nebraska and Wyoming. So these two very different areas landscape-wise. Um, and then the thought that I forgot for now it's came back to me is that, um, as you mentioned, we, we kind of sprinkle in these little details throughout the chapters. Um, and it reminds me of season six of Fear, when after the first episode, you see the submarine and the submarine doesn't appear until episode 15. Um, it was very, I feel like we do that in a way where we drop these little hints um, of things and they come up later. And I think that's a really cool way of planting seeds for later plots, but it still kind of makes the story at the beginning, um, you know, even more valued or valid to the end of the story. Because I think a lot of shows, season three and four, Fear and Night and Day, they don't relate to each other much at all, you know. But um, with our story, I think we try to keep that continuity throughout the book. Um, 
But yeah, uh, another character that I kind of made is this, a woman named Anita. And Anita was a very minor character at first, but more recently we have really developed her into this, um, this I can't, I don't want to give away a lot, but like she's just this very, she's very important, I think. And especially at the mid-season finale of the book, um, Definitely. we're going to see like an ultimate version of Anita. Um, I, I'm really excited to write it. Uh, we're going to be co-writing that chapter as well, chapter 25. So that oh. is very exciting. Um, so yeah, these two halves of the story, the first 10-ish chapters, they don't really touch a lot. But then around that point, chapter 10 or so, we have a character from Loris's plot, Jocelyn, cross into my story. And then Anita eventually crosses into his. And then we both play mm -hmm. kind of toy around with her. And... Mm. Um, it's just quite fucked up, honestly. I mean, the amount of children we kill in the story, it's just so cool. Um, but it's just so cool. But um, yeah, it's, it, we have a few chapters um, stockpiled up. So we release them about a week. Once a week, I actually have to release chapter five today. Um, I forgot sweet. until just now. Um, but yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to say something because you, you, you mentioned how we've been developing these factions in our own ways. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I mostly write about the Supreme League, and um, by chapter 16, uh, we really get to dwell deep into the Supreme League when we get to see more of it. Because uh, um, I, I can say this, that uh, uh, the place where Alexandra de Rossi is, because she's with the League, uh, and first of all, let me just say that uh, in, in the League is... Uh, basically a stratocratic state which means that uh, all of its leaders are military chiefs and military commanders so when you read the story you'll hear you'll you'll read to these leaders being referred as commanders um, and alexander's father uh, who was a governor of uh, the state of uh, nebraska he was also a military leader uh, his name is vernon de rossi and vernon is one of the many leaders of the Supreme League. Uh, and since we talked about characters, uh, let me just uh, talk about a little about these characters uh, so you have a better idea. So Vernon is a very ambitious person. He's the father of Alexander. And, you know, uh, he's a, he was a rich man, obviously, and he um, it's not the kindest man you'll meet. And I do think a lot of people will hate him. I certainly hate him. <laughs> Yes. Um, so he's not your best Average guy. father. He's not the best. Let me just say he's not the best father. And then there's Alexander's mother, Rebecca. Initially, there's uh, a little of her, but as a series when you know pro progresses, we see more of her, and we see that she truly is a very intelligent woman who um, tries to have. A lot of influence on the league, um, even though that may that, that that may be a danger to her. But she's intelligent and she's willing to take risks. So you will see a lot of conflicts there uh, because of that reason. Um, yeah, and then we have uh, one of uh, I'm not going to talk too much about characters, but this is like the most important characters. And then we have also Sadie that I'm writing. Mm -hmm. uh, this is a storyline. The second story then after Alexandra that I'm focusing on, Sadie is a 17-year-old girl. She is uh, a mutineer, actually, uh, that has been taken by Supreme League soldiers into a quarry where uh, 
only women work so basically it's a like a women like a woman camp where only women work labor like hard work and they are you can read how they are treated is very harsh is very bad and uh, you will see that you know i'm trying to tell a story with a young innocent girl who is helpless who is weak uh, that eventually grows into into this uh, very strong woman and you will see what i mean by that because uh, there's a lot of spoilers but i don't want to spoil because that's the fun <laughs> part right um so and then she gets to meet people from different factions and you'll see that different people will unite to work together enemies will work together uh you've heard the phrase keep your friends close but enemies closer right, right. so that's uh something that a lot of people have in mind in the story you know in this world the survival of the fittest and sometimes you gotta work with your enemies to get things done so that's what a lot of people do and then then there are also a lot of other characters but there are you know uh you will read more about them in the story but these are like the main mains types. yes yeah mm. and yeah i mean i'm not i'm not gonna i'm gonna be honest and say like these main characters are what really drives the story but that doesn't mean that they're all gonna survive it by the end um <laughs> not to give away too much but i mean there's a lot oh of you're twists. not giving too much <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of twists there's a lot of fucked up moments like this i don't think this if this was a tv show we would never get approved on tv because it's kind of fucked up um, it's like worse than the handmaid. It's like kind of like the handmaid's tale in some ways. It's, it's like very fucked up. I can definitely <laughs> say that there are aspects which are inspired by the handmaid's tale oh, and sure. Game of Thrones. And if you watch the shows, you know what I mean. <laughs> um, and then we have some from fear. I think aspects. Um, you know, I think a lot of the relationships that when you when you're together, even if they're enemies, goes into season three of Fear with Madison working with the autos. And then Madison working with Walker and his people, regardless of what happened to Travis. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's a really good story. And today we just wanted to come on here and talk to you guys a bit about it because we're really Ooh. proud about it. And um, um, a new chapter comes out about every week until we run out, but we're going to try really hard not to run out. <laughs> and yeah. I, I just wanted to say one quick thing that I was thinking. And uh, one of the most exciting things... I can say this, I mean, it's not a spoiler because uh, this is about the virus. One of the most exciting things are the infected. So let me quickly explain so that people yeah. don't get confused and refer to them as zombies because these creatures, infected creatures, are not zombies. They're not dead. They are very much alive. However, they have this virus that uh, uh, makes them lose control over their own bodies. You know, basically it's like a parasite like a bacteria you know that is controlling yes well i can i'm not gonna talk too much about the virus but i'm just you know to just explaining the basics so these are very much alive people and throughout the story you will see them doing human things like uh and this is not a spoiler because um i mean this, this is not spoiler it's just who they are um you will see them um uh you will see signs of love you will see signs of care they have for each other uh, and you will see them doing what other humans do, for example, like uh, urinate and leave feces behind. So you really, and you will see that there are actually a couple of characters that have a hard time killing these things because they are so human. And they're actually, I'm not going to spoil this, but with Alexandria, that's, and I think I've told, I think you've read this. Uh, 
if you remember, but uh, there's one particular scene uh, with some kids involved, and I'm not going to explain everything in detail, uh-huh. but that is very emotional for her. Uh, and you will get the sense of that these things are re- not dead. They're as alive as uh, other survivors are. And uh, unlike the other zombie movies where the zombies are constantly, constantly hungry, uh, these creatures are not constantly hungry. However, the virus uh, is a virus that looks for new hosts all the time. So it's not, they're not hungry. They just want to be spread. It's basically a virus that wants to be spread at all times. You know what I mean? Yes. And the way these creatures do that is by biting, by mauling, uh, by eating. Um, so then, so the difference with zombies, they're not hungry all the time, you know, but the main purpose of this virus is to spread itself as much as possible. So I just wanted to say that to make a distinction between the infected, that which we call them as infected, and the yes. zombies that you see in Fear the Walking Dead and other shows. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the message. So the story is available on Wattpad. You just type Armageddon series or go to one of our Instagram pages. Um, mine is at Fear Continues Here. Yours is at Lallyputz, L-A-L-I-P-U-C. Um, and there'll be further information. Um, we also yesterday kind of launched like a wiki fandom page for it so that's like fandom.com slash armageddon dash series i think we'll definitely write more than write oh yeah this then to get you excited <laughs> and then um there is an announcement that i kind of need to make on here i've been trying to make in a few places is that we are currently looking for a concept artist someone yep. who can develop just a few sketches of characters you know not, nothing too too crazy um for the wiki page and, and for other um advertising purposes and of course we'll give you credit and of course we can work out some sort of deal. Um, but yeah, if, if, if anyone out there who's listening is into art and into, you know, it doesn't have to be super realistic, it, it, not super cartoonish, but, you know, just some pretty general sketches. Um, again, our, our pages are Fear Continues Here and Lolly Puts. Um, and you can just DM us there. Our DMs are open. We're both active daily. Um, and yeah, I mean, we have, we have an amazing editor. Um, or, you know, reviewer and, and us. And so the team is looking to possibly expand just a little bit more to kind of tie everything in together. Would love um, to have more people aboard. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what we, we have for you to, on today's episode. Um, would you like to peace out or would you like me to peace out or, or what would you like to do? Yeah, I mean, uh, that is our story, how we began writing, what we've been writing and what is to come. So I hope... Uh, that everyone who tuned in to listen, I hope that you uh, will watch out for more story that will come out. And I hope, if you decide to read it, I hope that you have a wonderful time. And please let us know what you think, because we love feedback. It helps us a lot. It means so much to us. So please do that if you have time. So without further ado, uh, thanks to everybody who decided to watch and i thank you michael for being here with me of course thank you uh, too we look forward to be making more of these in the future hopefully yes and we will see you all around the exciting premiere of fear the walking dead and just a little warning for everyone if alicia's not there it's gonna be a rough fucking episode get ready bring back madison i'm joking (laughs) (laughs) all right everyone have a great day (laughs) bye bye (laughs) 